0: Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. Psalms 100, verse four and five. wanna talk about the power of thanksgiving. Psalms 100, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is ever, anybody happy about his mercy being everlasting? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't run out in five minutes. Oh, that's your second mistake. That's it. That's the quota. No, no. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. So a time for thanksgiving is a direct command from God to every believer. He said, be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's not a suggestion. That is a command to believers. Who's the him? Well, that would be God, the Father. What's his name? Well, there are about 12 names that God has in the Bible. And you may not be aware that for centuries, God did not allow his Name to be known by men. Then he started telling them little by little who he was. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in Exodus chapter 3. There are many gods in this world with a little g. Satan is a God to a lot of people. But as soon as you start to pray as a believer, we come before the throne of grace in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you just went to the front of the line of the gods. You went to the one, the only God. You are talking about the God that we serve. Now, he is Jehovah Jireh. He supplies all of our need according to his riches in glory. He's Jehovah Nissi, our banner that goes before us into combat. And I'll tell you something, you don't have to pray about it. It's God's will for you and for the church of Jesus Christ to be triumphant against the world, the flesh, and the devil. That is a clear obvious scripture. It doesn't mean you don't have a fight. It doesn't mean things can be tough, but it means you do get the victory and he wants you to have victory and he wants you to learn how to fight. He's Jehovah Shammah, the God with us. That means you are never alone. Stop sucking your thumb. You're not alone. God will never leave you, never forsake you. Whatever you're going through right now, Jehovah Shammah is right there in the middle of your mess. He will not forsake you. He's called El Shaddai, the all-powerful God. That's shown to us in Ruth chapter 1, verse 20. Ruth, who is a Gentile, marries Boaz, a Jewish man of great wealth. And they have a son, Obed, that became the forefather of Jesus Christ generations later. You talk about demonstrating your power to control generationally what's going to happen thousands of years in advance. Now, I know most people think who watch news, you think what's going on in Washington will set the tone. God's already putting people in place, causing circumstances to occur, to change things that will affect generations, even in the future. Don't ever believe he's not in control. He is backstage calling the shots, and you are not a victim. Now, that's the awesome power of our God. He's our Father, which is in heaven. He's also called in the Bible the Most High God. Now, why is that, Most High God? Well, because there are three heavens. There's a heaven you and I see with our natural eyes, the sun, the moon, the stars. There's a second heaven where Satan has his throne and rules over the fallen angels that were thrown out of heaven when he was kicked out, and he rules over the demonic forces on planet Earth that are present here, and believe me, they are present here. They don't live in Africa. They're in America, too. They're in our city, too. I don't know why people seem to have a, a, you let television commercials have spirits, and yet God tells you there are angelic spirits, and there's the Holy Spirit, and there are evil spirits, and they bring, in many cases, confusion, murder, rape. They, uh, they produce uh, every divisive thing that we have, lust. Uh, they, they're, they're operating in people with addictions. Now, they didn't have a demonic spirit, but when they became addicted, then that enemy, that spirit, seizes control, and you have to address it. Jesus addressed spirits of infirmity. He addressed people, th- those spirits by name and commanded them to leave. We have that same authority. The highest heaven, the third heaven, remember Paul was caught up into the third heaven with the Lord where he heard... Uh, things he could not write about, they were unlawful to be uttered. That's where God the Father resides and sits on his throne. And that's where he is now. Therefore, when you pray to the Most High God, and I love this, your prayer goes right through the devil's bedroom and reaches the throne of grace because he's in the second heaven. And our prayers go right up to the God on high. He's also Jehovah Nissi in Exodus 17. He's the Lord of hosts. That word is army. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, He's Jehovah Shalom, the God who brings peace. He brings peace in the midst of a storm. You and I are going to be in storms, but He brings peace. And especially when you know He is there with you and He has control over that storm. I kind of calm down, I get out of that little panic freak out mode. He brings peace because I know he's with me even in that storm. He brings peace in the valley. He gives peace that surpasses understanding. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. He's jehovah Rovi, the Lord my shepherd. I shall not want. He shall lead me beside still waters. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life because I honor, serve, and have the Lord who is my shepherd. Then he's jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's still a healer today. This is not something he did once. He does this regularly. It's for you and I. Our healing has been purchased by Jesus on the cross. When he shed his blood, when he was striped, which is when we eat the bread on communion or the Eucharist, that bread symbolizes his body broken for us. He bore my sin, my sickness, disease, pain, and infirmity. I have a legal right to health and healing unless God's going to take me home and my time has expired. Other than that, I have every legal right to be well, and I have to fight for that healing to drive the enemy back. But God has already purchased it, and I want to remind the enemy, you've already been defeated. Through the blood of the Lamb, we have victory over the devil. I am begotten of God. The wicked one touches me not. No plague shall come near my dwelling. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Don't worry, I'm just starting. I go through this every day just like you must go through this every day. And it does become automatic, which is a good thing, where you just respond automatically when bad news comes. When you say, Father God, there are supernatural powers that get released. Power to help you. Power to defend you. Power to heal you. Power to guide you. Power to encourage you. Power to provide for you. Power to fight for you. Try that, Buddha. You can't even touch it. What an awesome God we serve. Turn that loose, brother, and your life will become a celebration of life and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a decision you make. Have you ever noticed that negative, mean-spirited people, whiners and complainers, the Bible calls them murmurers. In Texas, we call them belly acres. They're never thankful, never thankful. And I'll talk about them in just a couple of moments, okay? But let me give you a portrait of thanksgiving recently a man was released from prison at the age of 65 he was released because dna and investigation found him innocent of all charges against him so he was in prison for something he didn't do you think about that 16000 days in jail and what were the first words he spoke when he stepped outside the prison walls he lifted his hands and he said god is so good God is so good. I mean, do you think you would have said that? Hmm. The spirit of thanksgiving is the spirit of gratitude. Thank God for the gift of life by living it triumphantly, living it large, not small. When you have all the spiritual weapons at your command that God's provided us, there's absolutely no excuse for the world, the flesh, or the devil to control you. He can attack you, but he cannot control me and have dominion over me. That is clear scripture. Don't you surrender to that. You don't have to stand for that. There comes a time in every life, you know it's true, when quitting looks good. So we quit marriages, we quit jobs, we quit school, we quit church, we even quit God. See, when God has given you a path that seems to be kind of grievous, when the cross you're bearing seems unbearable, and when giants seem undefeatable, there comes a time in every adventure of life when quit looks good. But I tell you, a dead marriage can live again and become vibrant and enjoyable Your struggling business can have a financial breakthrough. Your sick body can be made well again. Your shattered dreams can live again. Walk right out of your valley. Lift your hands and praise God and declare faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Yes, it does. That's the spirit of thanksgiving. You have to fight back. Do it every day. You know, I take my dog out every morning. That's the first thing I do. giving thanks to God. Lord, thank you for a day of life on planet Earth. Thank you I can live and breathe and have my being today. I know it's a gift of mercy, and I don't know how many days I have, but I know this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. Thank you I have food in my belly, clothes on my back, a house to sleep in, and not a cardboard box. I have transportation. I've got a good family. I've got great friends. I've got a great God to celebrate and honor. I thank you for allowing me to have another day on this great planet. Do that every day, Approach Him. He said, come before his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's no, I didn't take a research scientist to figure out. Thank him for that life. Thank him for what he's done for you. Just start off by giving him praise before you read your list of uh, what have you done for me lately? and your life will be a great hallelujah. Hey, this is the greatest day of your life. Well, how can you say that, Rick? Well, because it's the only day you've got. Yesterday's gone forever, and you can't guarantee you're gonna be here tomorrow. What is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a moment, and it's gone. Most not of tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring forth. So every day the sun comes up, you need to try to find something good about that day because your life is lived one 24-hour span at a time. The spirit of thanksgiving reflects the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Now, it's okay to say, God, I don't know what you're up to. I don't understand what you're doing, but I do trust that you're too wise to make a mistake, you're too loving to be unkind, and by faith, I'm gonna walk with you until we get the breakthrough or the answer. He can handle that. Are you thankful? Spirit-filled people enter his gates with thanksgiving. They shout till the walls of Jericho fall down. They're as meek as they can be, but they're bold as a lion. They are victorious, and they are the victorious church and bride of Jesus Christ. And don't tell me you guys can't praise God and lift your hands. You can get naked, put on blue paint. You can have a beer in one hand. It can be 20 below zero, and you're shouting at the football game. Woo! Hallelujah. Look at that. I see it. do it at a Spurs game. Well, isn't God is worthy of the same praise, the same thanksgiving, glory to God? Yes, he is. I'm not ashamed. Be thankful unto him, he says, and bless his name, for the Lord is good, and the victory is ours through Christ Jesus. Hey, the spirit of thanksgiving releases the miracle-working power of God. Do you need a miracle? then you enter his presence first with a spirit of thanksgiving. Remember, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, Psalms 100, okay? Start your prayer time with the spirit of thanksgiving, not your whole list of what are you gonna do for me today, Lord, what I want. So, hey, I have to remind myself all the time, you know, I'm the servant, he's the master. You're the sheep, he's the shepherd. You're following him, he ain't following you. The Bible says you are the clay, he's the potter. The clay does not tell the potter what he wants to look like. If it's pleasing to the potter to make you, then he makes you what he wants you to be. You are the created, he's the creator. The alpha and omega, the first and the last. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's the bright morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. He's the hope of glory. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He's the rock of ages. He's my fortress, my rock, my high tower. He's my storm, my, my fortress in time of trouble. He's my high tower in the day of battle. He's my buckler, my shield, my strength. He is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. The spirit of thanksgiving is the key to releasing supernatural power of God. Now, let me demonstrate. Jesus fed the 5,000 with the power of thanksgiving. In John chapter 6, verse 11, it says, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the people. Now, notice there was no long, chest-pounding prayer, no King James Version prayer, if thou wouldest, if thou couldest, if thou shouldest. That's 1611 language, and unless you're 400 years old, you don't talk like that. They don't pray like that in heaven either. They don't speak King James in heaven. Some of your best prayers are going to sound like this. Lord Jesus, help me, and he'll hear that prayer. And you know how I know that? That's one of my very best prayers. Sometimes trouble's on you before you know it's coming. And you don't have time to send God a 60-page telegram about what you need. He knew it before you saw it coming. And when you do see it coming, you thank him for the victory as soon as you know the problem's there. Thank him in advance. He's with you. He's going to help you through it. He's going to deliver you. Great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise, and his greatness can no man fathom. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead four days with the supernatural power of thanksgiving. In John 11, verse 41, it says, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you you've heard me. Well, he hadn't even prayed the prayer yet. Are you catching the formula here? Yeah, I thank you in advance that you heard me and hear in my prayer. And when he spoke that, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And with a three-word prayer, some of you can't do that over lunch, a three-word prayer, he raised a dead man, Lazarus, who walked out of that tomb And started unwrapping his grave clothes. Mary and Martha were hugging him. Members from the first church of the frozen chosen were saying, this is not possible. Hey, let me tell you, with God, nothing is impossible. Absolutely nothing. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. You have not because you ask not. And by the way, in the Greek language, that's continuous. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on finding, keep on knocking. It's a continuous case. How long do I do it? Till you get it. Or you go to heaven, one or the other, then you'll get it. And by the way, when you ask, ask big. Don't let people intimidate you. God wants you to prosper and do well. God's only against greed, not prosperity. He's against greed. And you can, you can be on minimum wage and have greed, right? Right? Well, absolutely. So ask God big, because we serve a big God. Believe in the God that believes in you. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I thank you that you understand the trial I'm going through, even though I don't have a clue. And when you cry, maybe in some personal Gethsemane, when your tears run down your cheek and soak a pillow at night, you say, Lord, I'm in the darkest valley I've ever known, but I know you're right beside me. I don't know what you're trying to show me, But I refuse to become bitter. I'm not going to suck my thumb and feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to become bitter or resentful. Yet will I praise you, the glory and lifter of my head, knowing that you're leading me to the greatest victory I've ever seen in all my life. I bless you and I praise you. And suddenly, God turns things around. And it starts falling into place because the spirit of thanksgiving has shattered your enemies by the invisible hand of God and everything starts to work out. Can you give God a shout of glory at Summit? Sure you can. Lord, we bless you. Amen. Are you saved? Have you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I don't think it's that complicated. You may be a wonderful person, a solid citizen, But God says you've got to be born again before you can enter heaven. Church membership won't save you. Society saying nice things about you, uh, your your social achievements, your civic uh, duty, which are wonderful, moral, good, your service to the poor and to charities won't save me. See, you can only be saved when the blood of Jesus cleanses us, makes atonement for our sin. I can't make atonement for my sin. I'm a sinner. I need somebody that has no sin to make atonement for me. And Jesus steps up who had no sin and says, I'll do it. I'll take your judgment. I'll take your place. And he says to Father, put it on me. I'll take it all, all the judgment, all the shame. And he took it and bore it willingly so you and I could be forgiven and received by the Father with eternal life and never be judged again. Man, reach out to that nail-pierced hand of the Son of God. Confess your sins and be born again, destined to live forever in the mansions of glory that God said He has prepared for those that love Him. Now, this may seem to be sensitive, but listen, the opposite of thanksgiving is murmuring. The street word for murmuring is bellyaching, griping, complaining, and another B word that I can't use. (laughs) Always And I thought it's such a good word, and uh, I got rebuked for it several years ago. All right. It always brings the wrath of God. And not once in a while, it's number one on God's hit parade. He says, do all things without murmuring. That's clear scripture. You probably won't put that on your refrigerator, will you? See, I can tell you, Jude chapter, no chapter in Jude, verse 14, verse 16. Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all who are ungodly of their ungodly godly deeds. And what's the number one in line? He says, these are murmurers and complainers walking after their own lust. Murmurers, complainers are on God's hit list. Does that describe you? Huh? You spend your leisure time remembering and moaning about a bitter past? Like we all have something we, in the past, but you just keep complaining and whining about it. I mean, dear God, it happened 10 years ago. Forget it. It's in the theater of your mind and you keep replaying these scenes of rejection between you and a parent or you and a spouse or you and some friend or business associate or somebody rejected you. Okay, it's over already, but I've been hurt. Well, so has every other human being on planet Earth. Come on in, the water's fine. You got nothing on us. We just don't ache about it and murmur and complain about it. Don't reject the spirit of thanksgiving. Don't allow murmuring and complaining to become a way of life. I mean, if you catch your spouse doing it, say, hope in the name of Jesus, Lord, we praise you. You will see us through this difficult moment. We thank you. You already paid for our healing, and this report we got medically is not phasing me. I thank you. You saw this. You bore it on the cross, and by your stripes I am healed. You sent your word to heal me, to deliver me from all destructions. I curse this infirmity. I hold the blood of Jesus against it. I rebuke. Now, I'm not murmuring. I'm not complaining. I'm taking action, legal action, against that invader in my body or an attack on your business or attack, on your finances or one of your children. I mean, listen to Paul. This sucker has been beaten three times with 39 stripes. Three times with 39 stripes. He was stoned. He was left for dead in the streets of Jerusalem. He was falsely imprisoned. He was bitten by a deadly viper. He was shipwrecked a day and a night in the deep. He swam in the sea. And he makes this statement. These light afflictions are not worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits the servants of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. These light afflictions? And, you know, your carpet doesn't match your drapes. Oh, my. Oh, my. How many of you have ever been beaten with a Roman cat-of-nine-tails just once? Yeah, nobody. And this dude's had it three times, you know. Woe is me. You know, but tonight in America, a lot of people will sleep in a cardboard box. Some will freeze to death. And that'll happen all over the world. But we complain about what we don't have. Why? The Chicago Tribune carried the story of a little child taken out of the ghetto, taken to the emergency room with near-fatal pneumonia. Her home had no heat. They didn't have blankets. And the nurse brought her a glass of milk. And the little 10-year-old girl looked at the nurse and said, how deep may I drink? And the nurse says, my goodness, what do you mean, honey? And she said, in my house, nobody gets a whole glass of milk. Father draws a line on the glass, and you can only drink to that line, and that's all you get. How deep may I drink? And I kind of wonder, reading that, if sometimes we're so blessed that we have forgotten how to be thankful. Are we so pampered and so privileged we can't grasp the simple things of life that God provides every day? And and listen, make those kids say thank you too. When you do something for them, when you do meet a need, pay a bill, do something like that. They can get so used to you, especially you that are probably good middle class or a little upper middle class, they can just take that for granted like I deserve it. And and lose the spirit of being grateful for parents who cover you, take care of you, keep your car gassed up and the tires well and and pay for the repairs on it. That's not automatic. That's that's something to be grateful for. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I wish. (laughs) I didn't get anything from my parents. And I give my kids, I remember when they got a car, I gave them a gas card and a wash card. And I had to wash them every time they got washed. I thought, you got a free card and you can't even wash the dumb thing. (laughs) You got a gas card and when I get in it, the the light comes on. (laughs) Panic, fear sets in. Will I make it to the station? God, help me. Jesus, help me. Yeah, I'm saying we really can get complacent about being grateful and thankful for the good things. You know, we got a cold wave going. If you lived in Buffalo, New York, we'd have five feet of snow this morning. Yeah, you'd be really grateful to live in San Antonio. And thankful we have some heat. Thankful we got clothes to wear, some food to warm our stomach. At least you have transportation. It may not be a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, but you had something that ran that got you here or you have friends that love you and brought you, there's a whole lot to be thankful for. Walk around your house one day and say, Lord, God, thank you for a refrigerator. Thank you. Thank you for electricity. Thank you for a washer machine and a dryer in here. I don't have to go outside in a bucket and, and wash my clothes and beat them against a rock somewhere. Thank you, I have food. Thank you for a bed I have to sleep in. Do that one time. It'll do you good just to walk around a house and thank God for a lot of things that you have that many people don't have. Just for God to know, I'm grateful, I'm thankful, see? And I say this in closing, it's a true story of Thanksgiving. In 1967, at the age of 17, Joni Erickson Tada was injured in a diving accident that left her a quadriplegic and a wheelchair. She had no use of her hands. There's her picture up on the screen. During her rehabilitation, Joni spent months learning how to paint with a brush between her teeth. Her her high detailed pictures and fine art and paintings were sought after by collectors. To date, she's written over 40 books, recorded several musical albums, starred in an autobiographical movie of her life, and is an advocate for people with disabilities. Her life has been hard and she's had other health challenges. But Joni says about Joy, and I quote, Today, look around. Surely there are small blessings, little joys, tiny hints of God's favor for which you can be grateful. Don't take things for granted today. Take them with gratitude. Wow. So what's your problem? What is it that you think is such a major crisis? Have you rejected the spirit of thanksgiving? You know, to close, when you lift your hands and offer the Lord the spirit of thanksgiving, God hears it. And did you know God hears everything that comes out of your mouth? So does the enemy. When God hears you giving a spirit of thanksgiving, he says to the angels, Hey, boys, listen. Listen to what's going on down there at San Antonio at Summit Church. Listen to that praise and that sacrifice of thanksgiving. I want you angels to get down there, and I want you to pour out a double portion to every person in that place. I want you to heal those sick. I want you to break shackles of misery and addiction. I want you to heal the brokenhearted. I want relationships to be restored. I want you to release miracle power in that place. I want you to scatter the powers and principalities of darkness. Hear that, folks. I want us to do something right now together. It'll help you stir up some blood, too. Stand to your feet right now. And I want to end this service by getting all of us to lift our hands and giving God a sacrifice of praise, thanking him for every good thing he's done. And I want us to do it now together as you see led, and I'll lead it off as well. Father, we praise you. We thank you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Come on, church. Give him some praise. We glorify your name, O Lord. We thank you for our health. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you for a good family. Thank you for going before me. Thank you, the angels of God precede me. Thank you, the angels of God are behind me. Thank you for all you have done, for all you are doing, for what you're going to do. We bless your holy name. You are worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you who are on the throne. We bow before you. We bless your holy name. There is none like you. And we glorify your name this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God a little praise. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We drive darkness back. God says, in everything, be thankful. And if you forgot everything I say today, remember, for the rest of your life, to be thankful and praise His name, and you'll have a blessed life. Remember who God is. Remember what God can do. Remember what God has done. And you can get into a thankful stage so quick. And before every problem, worry sets in, and what I'm gonna do, and it comes as a shock, usually it does, then bam, you stop and praise God. Father, you're with me. Thank you. I thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you. You bore my sickness on the cross, and this diagnosis is not necessarily fatal unless, it, unless it's part of your plan for my life. I thank you. I have a right to be well, and I curse that infirmity. I thank you, Jehovah Jireh. You're, you're going to supply that financial need in some way that I cannot imagine yet. I'm going to honor you with my tithe. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to know that generosity is within me, and you promise that the generous man will prosper. I thank you that help is on the way. See how I'm pushing it back? I am pushing. I'm putting it in Satan's face. I'm reminding God of his promise. I'm rehearsing a covenant that I have with God, and the victory is mine in Jesus' name. Now walk it out until that thing is over. The enemy will press on you. Oh, she'll quit. Ah, oh, she prayed once. She'll quit. She'll stop. She won't pray again. She'll forget in another day or so if we don't get an American quick fix. And that's what happens. Stop it. You stay on it regularly. Thank you. Thank you. Do it in the car. Walking around, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. Do something productive if you're in a crisis and you've got a special need. Or else just thank God for your family, that you have food on the table for Thanksgiving. We've got everybody around. We're pretty well, pretty healthy. Thank you for a good church. Thank you for good friends and people. Thank you for a spouse that loves you. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.